Tamworth Country Music 50 50 50 special episodes over 50 weeks leading up to the 50th Tamworth Country Music Festival and Golden Guitar Awards in January 2022. Looking back at how it all began, what makes Tamworth Country Music tick? And looking forward to the next 50 years. Welcome to episode 24. We're joined again by Max Ellis, who among many other roles was the founding chief executive of the Country Music Association of Australia and Golden Guitar Awards from 1993. Max, in previous episodes we've talked about the TREK, or Tamworth Regional Entertainment and Conference Centre, as it's now known. That was quite a significant project at the time. What was the catalyst behind the project and how did it actually come about? Well, Bob, it went right back into the early days of country music when we first started promoting shows in Tamworth. We found that uh, while the town hall was very suitable for smaller crowds, I think in those days it held about 1,300 people inside, it was no good for gigantic outdoor type uh, events. And so right from those early days, way back in the the late 70s really, we started promoting the idea that Tamworth should have a very big venue, or multi-purpose, a multi-function venue that could be used for all sorts of things. And over the years, we hammered away, we looked at various designs. The Tamworth Country Centre at one stage ended up with a, a plan for a large venue there. Uh, but which came to nothing, I might say, and various other people over the over the decades talked about it and looked at opportunities. It wasn't until the late 90s that we started becoming really serious about doing something o- o- about this problem. So we managed to extract from both council and the local members of parliament are some sort of undertaking to to fund this venue. With that done, we formed a committee which included people like Greg Maguire, Warwick Bennett, John Begley and a whole lot of other people and we sat down and started looking at how we could raise money. In the end, we raised over $800,000 for that one project. By the time we got there, I was pretty hoarse because I'd been talking to so many community groups. But there was a very strong supporting push through the community for a venue like this because they realised it wasn't just about country music, it was about Tamworth as a whole. Max, let us put on record at this stage who those contributors were. Well, um, here's a list of Trek donors from the honour roll in the foyer of Trek, and it's still there. Trek was opened on the 19th of September, 1998, and in alphabetical order, the Allendale Flag Inn, by Ada Poultry, Bevan Douglas Funerals, Centrepoint Sales and Marketing, Colour Copy Centre, Essential Energy, Country Music Association of Australia, Dahl Singh Holdings, Eastern Australia Airways, Goodman Field, a buttercup, Hancock's Chartered Accountants, 
Harvey Norman Tamworth, J.T. Fossey, Maxellus Marketing, McConaughey Holdings, McDonald's Family Restaurants, Michelle Truck Bodies, The Northern Daily Leader, The Powerhouse Boutique Hotel, Prime Television, Ray White Real Estate, Segbore Constructions, Stetson Steakhouse and Ashby House, Tamworth Coaches, Tamworth City Toyota, Tamworth Moteliers, the Tamworth Radio Cabs, Tamworth RSL Club, Tamworth Stop and Go, Tamworth Towers Motor Inn, TJ Trelaws, Toyota Motor Corporation of Australia, TR and CM Colton Industries, Warwick Bennett and John Taylor, and the West Tamworth League Club. So that's quite an impressive list of many of the biggest, most community-minded businesses in Tamworth. Most of them contributed around $25,000. Some gave more, uh, some gave a little less. It was obviously very pleasing to see that support, Max, and obviously provided the impetus for what was to follow. Well, it did. It really meant that we had this large amount of money. It was about 800000 and the whole of Trek was estimated to cost about $6.5 million. We, the community, put in our 800000 The state government put in, I think, one and a half. The feds, one and a half, so that was three, four. And I think council contributed the rest in cash and kind by providing land and services and actually building the, the whole thing. So it really was a genuine community effort to create this huge building. It was a, a basically a huge tin shed but with lots of refinements. Uh, we had a beautiful green room area out the back. Obviously, as time went on, we were able to improve the building greatly. When we first held a concert in it, the acoustics were not very good, uh, but gradually the building was lined and acoustically treated, and these days it's remarkably good. No tiered seating in those days. It was all flat floor stuff but now they have tiered seating there. It was also designed to be a satisfactory venue for exhibitions and other events. So over the years it's held everything from uh, motor shows, but there are things that were created for teaching purposes, teaching people to drive. Uh, Exhibitions of all sorts. It's still used for big conventions, big exhibitions, It seats about 5,000 people at maximum. So in those days, Max, when construction was happening, it must have been an exciting time working with the council to bring it all together, including with council's overseer, Chris Power. Yeah, Chris Power was council's project manager for the trek, and he was remarkably aware of our needs from the point of view of country music and live shows. I don't know whether the whole thing would have gone so well had Chris not been there to shield us from some of the uh, harder questions that were thrown occasionally at us by council. But by and large, it's a fairly straightforward thing. It was fairly simple in terms of venues. It had no permanent stage built into it. We were able to put whatever we liked into it, wherever we liked. 
and that gave the building great flexibility as far as usage was concerned. It's now been there since, well, over 20 years now, which is remarkable, and it's still as good as it ever was. And Matt's during the Trek's special opening concert. Slim Dusty was on the show, and he had something special to say. Yes, he walked on stage through a fog and suddenly appeared at the end of the stage and said, Welcome to the home of Australian country music. A very emotional moment for many people there. It felt as though we'd really arrived after all those years, almost 20 years, working out of tin sheds and radio arenas and school halls and all sorts of bits and pieces. We suddenly found we were in a proper venue with plenty of space. There were all sorts of things that we had dreamed about but never never really thought we'd ever achieve. So it was a marvellous moment, a marvellous night that night. And I think um, from Tamworth's point of view, it was a huge leap forward. Many people thought it would be a white elephant in Tamworth, but in fact it's proved to be just the opposite. Thank you again, Max. In most of our episodes to date, we've focused pretty much only on Tamworth, but the annual January festival has been so huge over the years, the activity spreads out to a number of surrounding towns and villages. To talk about this often overlooked aspect of the annual festival, we're joined again by the Country Music Bulletin's Leanne Kirshner. Leanne, what are some of the other locations hosting events around Tamworth in January? Let's start closer to town with Katingle, where the local bowling club has a host of events. In past years, it's been a home for country crooner Brian Letton and has also hosted an annual Bush Balladies fundraiser for the Westpac Rescue Helicopter. A little further out that way is Nundal. In the village itself, there are often special events complementing the numerous local tourist attractions. But of particular note is the Dag Sheep Station, which has become renowned in recent years as a hub for songwriters. The town of Manila, about half an hour north of Tamworth, has numerous events, and this includes at the local Royal Hotel and Manila Services, formerly the Manila RSL, which has hosted many events over the years. This includes talent quests conducted by the Manila and District Country Music Club. Numerous artists have featured in the town, but it's also a bit of an adopted home base for Tracy Costa. Manila being the home of the Costa family, with Dad Stan for many years. South of Tamworth are Weras Creek and Corindai, both localities known for their country music activity during January. And west of the city is the town of Gunnada, which has also boasted a good range of events in January. There's no question, Tamworth City and the immediate area is the main focus for the Country Music Festival but it has been interesting to see the spread out to other localities in the broader Tamworth region. Thank you, Leanne. Well, earlier in this episode, we noted that Slim Dusty declared the newly built Trek as the home of Australian country music. So let's wrap up this episode with Slim and the Graham Connors penned song which was written for Australia's bicentennial in 1988, but could just as well have applied to the building of the Trek. Here is Slim. We've done us proud to come this far down through the years to where 
side by side Hand in hand We've lived and died For this great land We've done us proud I sailed the sea In search of freedom I tilled the soil For seed to grow I built the fences To hold the cattle I mined the earth In search of gold I sheared the sheep Of golden fleeces I formed a union To win fair pay I built a railroad To cross the country I fought a war For my country's sake We've done a
Tamworth Country Music 5050 is produced by the Country Music Bulletin and supported by Tamworth Regional Council. More information about Country Music in Australia and contact detail can be found by visiting countrymusicbulletin.com.au.